Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here we have gathered. That is the title of a hymn that is familiar to many of us. We did not sing it today, which is just fine. If we sing it every time that phrase comes to my mind, we would sing it every Sunday. Before each service, I look out and think to myself, here we have gathered. Just as we did last Sunday and the Sunday before that and the week before that and back and back, 11 plus years for me with this congregation, many more years than that for some of you. Here we have gathered and continue to gather. Come, yet again, come. And among the many questions that arise from that reality, one of them is simply, why? Why do we gather each week? This was asked very directly at a recently, at a recent coffee with the minister. What are we doing each Sunday? Are we just showing up to be entertained? Do we just come to sit in our pews or our chairs or to log in from our homes so we can passively watch a performance? My answer is, I hope not. My next answer is, I don't think so. As wonderful as our choir is, and they are wonderful, yes? <laughs> as wonderful as our music director is and our music and musicians and our director of religious exploration sharing stories during the time for all ages and our worship associates and our worship participants and your ministers, okay, I guess, but if it was, if it was just a performance, I don't think you'd come back week after week, Sunday after Sunday. Here we have gathered. Come yet again. Come yet again. Come yet again. Come. I don't think you'd do it. I can maybe see how maybe if you felt the total purpose of our gathering began at 1030 sharp and ended, I mean, ended at 1130 or thereabouts a little later today. Get comfortable, folks that you may think it was about attending a performance, but I hope not. Because we are gathered not for a performance, but for worship. And I realize that word just sent shivers down many spines here. What or who are we worshiping? Worship is, to me, coming together to engage with and reflect on those things that are of greatest worth in this life. We live not by things, but by the meanings of things from our readings. We cannot allow treasures to be lost. It is needful to transmit the passwords from generation to generation. And like any good passwords, they will be unique to each of us. But we cannot neglect to transmit them. We do not want treasures to be lost because we haven't bothered to provide the keys. 
That is important stuff and has ramifications well past this hour on Sunday. So when we extinguish this chalice at 1130 or thereabouts, we are clear that we are not extinguishing the light of truth or the warmth of community or the fire of commitment, but that we carry those away from this service. Whether we choose to call it worship or not, we carry those things into the world. And that begins as soon as you rise in body or spirit from your seats, when you walk into the labyrinth or toward the social hall for coffee or tea and today ice cream, when you greet someone you haven't spoken to before, when you look into the eyes of the youth who is serving your ice cream and say hello, when you greet a child by name, when you connect and thank John or a choir member or Kathy for the movement prayer or Janet for the story or Lada for sharing Hinduism with our youth or thank someone simply for being here, being present, for being a part of the we who have gathered. When I was an intern minister, I asked my internship supervisor at the time, the Reverend Dr. Kendall Gibbons, I asked her a question that a congregate had asked me, and it was something that as a new minister, I thought I should probably be clear on. Why do people continue to go to church week after week for years? I mean, let's face it, you kind of hear the same or similar things week after week. And while we seek and will continue to strive to introduce new and different elements into our services, they share a certain general framework from one Sunday to the next. If it were about hearing a unique message, you could rightly say, yep, I heard you and move on. If it were just about seeing a performance, you could understandably check it off your list as a been there, done that. But her answer was instructive and something that has guided me ever since. Why do we keep coming back? Why do we continue to gather side by side? Practice, she said. We return each week to practice what it means to live our deepest values in community. As we kick off this new congregational year with this service, with the choir returning and religious exploration beginning a new year, I find a lovely resonance that we are also in the midst of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish celebration of a new year, Shana Tovah. One of the pieces of that celebration includes deep reflection on one's own life and the ways that one has failed to live up to one's highest ideals, along with a commitment to do better. The translation of the words from our anthem today come from Jewish morality laws. The world is sustained by three things, by truth, by justice, and by peace. I thought about those things as I thought about my own practice, as I thought about Kendall's words about why we gather to practice our deepest values. The world is sustained by truth. If we have learned nothing else in the present age, we have learned that truth seems to be infinitely malleable, almost, and sometimes utterly beyond recognition as truth. But there comes a reckoning within myself as the celebration of Rosh Hashanah acknowledges when I must be true to myself. 
when I must give an honest accounting. The world is sustained by justice. Am I striving to act justly or am I striving to justify my actions? I'm pretty good at one of those. I'll let you guess which one. But it is not lost on me that one of the ways we seek to deepen connections in our mission is to practice justice. The world is sustained by peace. Am I striving to create a true peace or am I simply striving to avoid conflict and challenge? Two different things, right? That is all part of what we get to practice together. We practice. We don't gather so we can hear brand new, never before heard messages, but to remind one another of all that we already know, but often forget or dismiss or let slide for now. Even though we don't want to, we don't want to do that. We don't want to lose all that is wordless and full of wonder so that we drag out joyless lives. I love that. Living by things rather than the meaning of things. And we practice because we never get it exactly perfectly right. We make mistakes on a regular basis. But making a mistake while you are practicing is not a reason to give up practicing, but an invitation to learn something new, to learn how to approach it in a different way, an invitation to go deeper into practice. We provide a wonderful and warm welcome here And we can do better. Both can be true at the same time, as Larry pointed out in his article in the current weekly news, which I invite you all to read. We are always learning more about how to welcome because we are learning more and more about what it means to be inclusive and to practice our values in this time and place. That is why we, as Unitarian Universalists, are currently in the process of reimagining how we describe who we are and who we want to be. In that very boring title of Article 2 of the UUA bylaws, but that's what it's about, trying to define who we are and who we want to be. And you'll be hearing more about that this year as it is woven through all of the upcoming monthly themes. It is not that anything was wrong with what was written before. It is that we know no words are perfect for all time, and that even with those words, we made mistakes. So in our reimagining, we seek to explicitly name those ways we have failed to live up to our values, to keep our highest aspirations before us. And so in this proposed revision, we commit to being an association of congregations that empowers and enhances everyone's participation, especially those with historically marginalized identities. Our mistakes, rightly acknowledged, become an invitation to more learning and deeper practice. The hymn we sang this morning contains words from a poem that has often been attributed to the Sufi poet Rumi, though there is some question if that is an accurate attribution. But the poem has an additional line, which is sometimes sung along with it, and we will try that next time. The poem reads in one translation, Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving, it doesn't matter. Ours is not a caravan of despair. Come, 
even if you have broken your vow a thousand times, come, yet again, come. We make mistakes. We break our vows. We don't wish to sanction or excuse that, but we also don't treat that as irredeemable if we seek restoration, if we gather to remember our highest aspirations and to be inspired to give our gifts of love and service to the altar of humanity. Here we have gathered. Why again? Not for a performance, not to sit back and wonder what we will get out of this, but to think about what we can give, to engage and reflect and practice together. Come, come, whoever you are, welcome to this congregation. We are not a finished product, nor do we offer a flawless performance. We are a place, though we are not geographically bound. We are a people, though our membership is ever-changing. We are grateful for all that is, and we are a practice ground for a vision of what can be. So come. You are welcome here, and you are invited on a journey. Come and go with us to that land. <laughs>